0: Yo, this is John from Noise Dosage Media, and this episode is brought to you by Begrudgingly Benny. Interested in putting something horrific and grotesque on your next piece of merch? Benny is tucked away in the fiery depths of COVID quarantine, blasting the filthiest of old school death metal and drawing hideous creatures that he is waiting for you to adopt. Go over to Instagram and follow at BeGudginglyBenny and contact him if you would like some really weird original art for your band or label. Super professional, highly recommended. You said that you basically write most of the music. Does that, you know, I don't how do I put it? Do you enjoy having all the responsibility in the writing process?
1: I I did. <clears throat> See, in the beginning, um, well, I, I wasn't confident enough to uh, do it all on my own. So I was uh, pretty happy when a friend of mine uh, with whom I play in an 80s uh, metal cover band uh, said he was willing to join for the project. And um, he gave me some confidence that this was a good idea and that we're doing the right thing. And um, the way we worked together was pretty much um, the guideline on how our music developed Mm -hmm. and to understand that I probably need to go a bit more into detail how we uh, wrote songs back then. Mm -hmm. We just just got got together and playing around, writing some riffs and um, recording those riffs and that was it and when I had those riffs recorded I sat down to at home and i tried to figure out how to turn them into a song so um, everything we did together in this initial writing session then got a pretty big stamp uh from my side uh which you might call responsibility um for how how this thing was laid out harmonically and how this um was laid out uh songwriting wise and that's basically why the, the songs uh, turned out to be so long because i had mm-hmm. a lot of material from that writing session and i know the next writing session wasn't going to happen within the next three months or so so i tried to make the most out of it
0: right now you said that you started writing in 2016 so does that mean that you wrote that album in two years then
1: yeah well about like a year i guess um a year because, wow. yeah it's about a year because um I, I i published this this album as a cassette before and mm-hmm. uh, the tape version which has a complete different mix uh by the way so uh if you own both the uh demo cassette and the, the right. regular album you actually have two different albums because i re-recorded stuff of this for the vinyl version then in the in the end yeah i i i, tur- I, I happened to to re-record stuff and rearrange stuff so basically the, the material was uh, made within one year and then i um, was looking for a label and i was trying to um, get a, a, an audio engineer and all the stuff that you need to care about and mm-hmm. that's what took me uh, to 2018 to release the album.
0: Right on. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, they like, they just think it's so easy to just drop an album and have people see it. And there's so much more to that. Like, you have to, like, investigate how you're going to drop it. You know, promotional companies that aren't going to, you know, take your money. Yeah. Uh, that aren't going to give any profits, you know for views and such like that
1: yeah tell me but, about it
0: i don't know it's yeah. one of those things that i've slowly learned but. yeah
1: that's basically the, the pain in the ass because um although there is um a lot of talented bands out there right now it's just the the, the accessibility to making music right. nowadays is so widely spread that everyone makes something and as a fan or as a music lover you don't even have the chance to listen to everything and that's what makes it i totally feel that yeah
0: i uh yeah i feel feel like like nowadays like it's like you're paying to just get it in people's face because it's so impossible you know what i mean like there's so many like Like, like noise projects uh just really weird stuff that you know, I see more. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's wow. something I, I think is uh, really a sign of uh, our times. Because um, when I look at popular music, that might be mainstream charts music, mm-hmm. or it might be uh, underground music, which is uh, has been released quite recently. I, mm-hmm. I think that uh, soundscaping is more uh, the thing of, of the time, so it's not about harmonic content. It's not about melodies anymore. It's very often about soundscaping. So that,
0: have, that's have, what I've been, yeah, that's what yeah. I've been kind of writing myself too.
1: Have a look at Billie Eilish, for example. This is yeah, almost zero musical content, but the sound is so strong that it still has some fascination to it.
0: Right. Yeah, I feel like even like. Hardcore bands, like they're instead of playing fast they're playing slow, like everything like death metal, everybody wanted to be fast and now everybody's going slow and yeah. like doom and stuff like that. I feel like that's more popular nowadays.
1: Maybe that is. I try to combine both because I, I think um, that's uh, attraction, musical attraction only comes from variation. So if right. you're if you're blasting on a, a fifty minute album and it's all blast beats, then it's getting kind of boring.
0: Like, yeah, I the poor it. drummer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the pure drum computer nowadays.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, now uh, you said exactly. you have a full lineup now. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: it's, it's, yeah. What What do you want to know about it?
0: <laughs> I mean, just like in general, like how does it feel to have people backing your project?
1: Um, it's Pretty amazing because especially the, the two new guys, because I, um, I was joined by my, by my initial colleague, um, who, uh, started out with me in 2016. He's still on, uh, on the band and I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy about that because we're close friends, uh, by the way. Now, now
0: you said, uh, sorry, I want to, just because I'm going to forget it. Um, you said that you're in a cover band, right? Yeah. Right. What type of music do you play in that?
1: Ah, well, we're playing uh, things like Anthrax, Men of War, Slayer, Metallica, Accept, um, something from the, from the uh, 80s. And it's, I, I tend to, to like the things most where I can uh, sing falsetto and uh, the really high-pitched uh, 80s metal stuff.
0: Nice. Yeah. How about uh, Overkill?
1: Oh, I love it. We're working on uh, Hello from the Gutter right now.
0: Nice. I just saw them before all this COVID stuff happened. It was crazy.
1: They're still as energetic as in the 80s. I I adore the band. Although I don't like their uh, albums past White Fucking Open, um, Mm -hmm. I I still think they have the drive. And, well, they're in their 50s now, and they're still rocking. They're still going at it. Yeah.
0: Now, give me, other and overkill, some bands that you think that haven't, like you know, gotten up in age, but still have their touch?
1: Mm, uh, Band. Well, what's pretty uh, terrifying is seeing good bands uh, growing bad. That's something that really uh, goes to my heart. I... I'm pretty heavy into the first five Manowar albums right now, um, which I'm spinning all the time. And I realized that I can't stand anything beyond uh, Kings of Metal. And um, I tried to watch some recent shows on YouTube, uh, and I think it's just, well, it's just a shame. They should have stopped earlier, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. I (laughs) I was watching a funny interview, and one of the questions was like, If there was a a member that passed away and you could bring back, who would it be? And one of the guys said, I would bring back the singer from Motley Crue. And they go, and they go, what do you mean? He's not dead. (laughs) And he goes, dude, yeah, he is, (laughs) man.
1: Have you listened (laughs) to him lately? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same, same goes for Guns N' Roses. Um, Well, if, if, if I had to name a band which uh, still is able to nail it, although they have been around like 35, 40 years, I'd name mm-hmm. anthrax, of course because right. uh, it's not their most recent album I believe, but their worship music the the, the latest with uh, their form, with their original singer that's just great I love it and right. of course Carcass. Carcass yes. did a, a great re-entry with their surgical steel album. I hope they will do something uh newer or something yeah in the near future because uh one of the most influential albums that I've ever heard is uh Necroticism which is I, I still I love it. It's right. one of the best Car- albums. Car- ever. Carcass
0: is one of those bands that everybody talks about and I'm like I listen to every band but them, and I have to. You know what I mean? Okay. But give give me some other bands I should check out.
1: Oh well, other bands that you should, should check out. I'm a pretty uh, old school guy, so um, yeah. A very influential other album that I always uh, revisit is "Cause of Death" by Obituary. Yes, of I've been
0: course. trying to get him on this podcast, dude.
1: Really? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and um on the more technical death metal side, I would always recommend Necrophagist. They the yes. only one I
0: was I just listening good. to them.
1: Really. They um, did one album which is pretty good. The, the the onset of Putrefaction or Putrefaction album is uh not so good. It's uh played with drum computers and you hear that it's quite mechanical. But epitaph right. is epic.
0: I uh how about, how about the song seven?
1: Uh, the song seven? What what do you mean?
0: The song necrophages, is that yeah. what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, no, not, not necrophagus, necrophagist.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That a little that's bit a, different. The, yeah, that's a German uh, uh, German tef- technical death metal band. Wait, how uh, do you spell that one? Uh, N-E-C-R-O, necro, and then yep. P-H A g-i-s-t necrophagist and their their album is the 2004 album epitaph and you need yeah. Yeah, yeah it's from that it's from it's that from, album is it seven oh. here oh let me play the riff i'm
0: playing a riff real quick uh.
1: yeah that's that's the one
0: yeah yeah i'm like i'm like i'm like, I'm like am i am i like Drive myself insane here, but so do you say? Do you say the drums are electronic on that no, one? No, not on that one. The, I was going to fore- say it does
1: not sound. No, sound like that. That was actually played by one of the best technical death metal uh, drummers from Germany, I believe. But the one before the um, onset of Perfection album, this is with right. played with drum samples at least.
0: Dang, I did not know that. See. I learned so much stuff from this podcast, man. I'll tell you.
1: Yeah, I believe that.
0: Um so Should you were talking you know, about anthrax earlier, right? Yeah. Guess, Guess who's, who's in my, my backyard? backyard? I don't know. Uh, Danny, Danny Loker.
1: Loker. Why? What what is he doing there? He lives,
0: he lives here in Rochester.
1: Oh, nice.
0: He uh he works at the Record Archive. Nice. So yeah, I get to see him every time I go there. It's a, it's an interesting conversation. Very reserved. Okay. I but, but I've, I've yet, yet to, to talk, talk to him, and I, I like on the podcast, which is kind of
1: funny. Do it, do it, man! Sounds um, sounds like a great opportunity. Right. So, so what do you got? What do you got in the works for your band here? Uh, what I what I got in the works? Um, I finished writing the stuff for uh, an EP. Mm-hmm. which is uh about like 20 25 minutes playing time yeah and with that i try to come to an end with all the 90s 20 related uh topics that i had on my previous albums because i believe that i need to go forward uh with my with my topics or with my themes that i'm that i'm talking about and um I I stated in a lot of interviews before that I'm a pretty heavy fan of uh, poetry from the 1920s, which Mm -hmm. is uh, pre- or post-World War I, uh, where there has been a very uh, interesting time in Germany about um, industrialization, poverty, and the war coming, and the war being over. And all that stuff led to a very unique way how people um, uh, used language to describe what they did and, and I, I stressed this uh, topic a lot in my lyrics especially there where I uh, lean heavily on the, the the poetry of Georg Trakel which is one of my favorite uh, poets from that period nice. and um, my 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 lyrics are very very similar to the way he wrote in German and I, I, f- I feel I don't know if it's right but I feel I have to come to an end with that and so um, I, I wrote some sort of a concept EP which is three songs um, dealing with World War One, and uh, after that I, tr- I probably will try to drop that error
0: right. uh, now are you going to do any songs lyrically like like sell like stuff about in your personal life, or do you feel like that that's never gonna be a part of this project?
1: Everything that I write is personal, but it's uh yeah coded in in a way right so right that's what I mean when i when I for example in my in my lyrics write something like uh, a strange one, then that's you can could translate this with i mm-hmm. well if i or if I say a son does this and that, then this might translate into I.
0: Okay. Okay. Now I understand. See, I've always been one of those people that I, I like I don't really look into lyrics, but I know when like it means something of I, I don't know how to put it. I'm more of an okay. instrumental guy. I play guitar. So um so what else do you have other than the new album? I mean, are you guys doing any rehearsals or anything?
1: Yeah, actually, live we're shows? doing. Yeah, live shows are a bit scarce right now. Uh, I believe you've heard of that uh, pandemic yeah. we're having right now. I mean, like one
0: of those Facebook, one of those Facebook
1: shows. Or I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know how that works. I, I'm pretty amazed that people uh, get stuff like this together. Um, right. I'm I'm not sure we could do this from a technical point of view. Maybe right. we could, and maybe we should. I don't know but um we've never actually never thought about this but we try to rehearse uh again just just to have some fun again because um i really miss playing uh with the dudes or with the guys and i, I really m- miss uh the, the feeling that uh that it has right. to, to play just the get songs. on stage and yeah. play the
0: music that you wrote yeah exactly i'll I'll never forget like that first time i ever got on stage and like played like the set i wrote it was just so like satisfying to see people like actually enjoy it yeah i That's, don't know you
1: can't really beat that in my opinion no it's you're, you're full of adrenaline and um afterwards you're flooded with endorphins and stuff like that so it's it's really it's it's uh yeah like a trip exactly
0: a non-alcoholic or a non drug using yes, trip.
1: of course. So this is, this is happiness. This is bliss that you can generate by yourself. And that's basically uh, what always drove me into creativity, whatever it was, be it writing, uh, sketching, or uh, making music, um, because I've always enjoyed uh, having that feeling of having uh, left the footprint somewhere right exactly
0: now now you said sketching do you do anything like artistically like i do photography yeah so Nice. what do you do other than music
1: um i did photography a lot um uh, especially people's photography uh usually in very controlled studio settings and mm. i did do some uh yeah retouch work which i thought was always very uh interesting work between creativity and preservation of the truth. Um, and I think retouching is uh, an art form which is very underestimated because we all are um, confronted with with high glamour photos. Right, exactly. And, and I think uh, it's very easy to accomplish that, actually. But uh, to, to retouch and uh, still preserve the character and the depth of a person is something which um always for me was very um meditative like could, could you right. said a You're, word
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well now it is we just made it um yeah i mean i do a lot of band stuff so luckily i don't i don't know how i mean i i've been trying to do like more portraits recently but Ooh. like you said with covering up um you know uh, dimples or just random stuff like i don't know if somebody asked me to do that if i'd want to like yeah it's just one of those things but so you do drawing how about like painting
1: yeah it's a bit sketching i've uh as uh probably everyone who writes lyrics i carry a little book around with me where I sketch out ideas and sometimes i put a small drawing beside it just to to um Yeah, keep something or preserve something, an idea which I can't phrase in words at that time. So it's not not really something that I would show to to someone, but it's just um, something else. It's just a, a different outlet for me, which complements with all the other stuff going on in my head.
0: Right. Now, the one thing that, you know, I really what drags me into a band is the logo mm. and, and yours in specific, like where did you get that done? Like what was your, what were you trying to accomplish when you had that done?
1: Yeah. Um, the artist is is a really great one and I uh, recommend checking out his portfolio. It's a view from the coffin. It's an Italian artist who did a lot of, um, black metal band logos and uh, you can follow him on instagram or on facebook he does amazing work and i just gave him the the briefing um that i was very much into um urban loneliness and i and this is one of the topics that i get out of this 20s poetry uh, where i said um or put it that way see in the 20s uh Urban areas and, and dense urban areas were a new thing because people went out of a feudalistic system into uh, an industrial revolution, uh, revolution. Sorry, industrial revolution, and then um, huge cities developed which weren't there before, and this led to some sort of poverty, and especially in Berlin at in the nineteen tens twenties, this had a very very um, 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 bleak uh, architecture. And I uh, briefed the logo guy with this stuff and also with some other ideas I had that, for example, uh, people do not interact with each each other and um, being like ghosts and uh, that stuff. And then he he came up with this very um, architectural logo, which uh, then in, in the bottom turns into something like um, a cancer or a a thriving nature devouring the architecture. And I loved this from the very first moment on.
0: Well, now I'm looking at it like as you say that. Yeah, I see it now.
1: Wow. So if you didn't see that from the beginning, what was your impression of the logo?
0: Just like i like when i saw that i saw atmospheric black metal right away like that okay. just that just jumped right out in my face um i felt a little bit of like black and death metal like i felt like it was going to be in a way where it kind of sounded like let me let me say um bloodbath I, yeah. I, I felt a little bit of bloodbath and a little bit of atmospheric black metal mm-hmm. okay but
1: yeah, yeah i don't know can, i like it if we convey that with the logo it's it's no lie but as you can see if you will have a close look there are all these uh, small window frames in the logo it's just very very intricate and i like right. this a lot
0: i love it um is there anything you want to promote at the end here
1: um oh, no i'm I'm pretty happy that um people may be uh, interested in, in listening to our music because they got to know us through this podcast, and I just encourage them to do it. It's a good album or it's good albums and um in 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 that respect, please uh, do uh, support underground artists because we're struggling in the crisis more than anyone else and um yeah. There are people like me giving their heart's blood for good music and um, just support him wherever you can and however you can.
0: Right. And I'm going to correct you on a great album. It's an amazing album. It, oh. it is one of my favorites like to this day. So,
1: Okay, cool. Thank
0: you. <laughs>